0: Harvest. There's a harvest. The fields are white, it says. Unto harvest. Already. They're already white. God is already moving in areas that we may not even necessarily see today. But when he leads, we have to follow. And I like that. I don't know who prayed that. I think it was yeah. Dave. That He says, when he leads, you follow. When you know you're called... You've got to follow. But that's not an easy thing to do. It can be quite a tough thing to do. Quite a tough thing to do. But I'd like us to, to turn to Ecclesiastes, please. Ecclesiastes 3. Because Sam and, and Alex, you won't know, but we've been working through God spoke a word through, through Sam, our, our minister, And we've been working through a word that we believe God's given us over the last year. And it's a powerful word that we've been outworking. And actually what some of the things that have been spoken over you today is part of what God's word that he's spoken over us, that we want to see the fulfillment of that. And I'm excited for you saying that you're going into All Saints. And I pray for those children that are in the school called All Saints that they will become saints. That's my declaration. Is that your love that you take into that place? That the love and the, 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 the hope and the mercy and the grace that you take in, that they will see something different within you into that school. And when we look at what God spoke, the very first part of, of that, it says, I am bringing my people. To a time. And when I thought about that, I thought, I am bringing. Who's said that he, who said that word, I'm bringing? Who's, who's initiating that? God. God's initiating that. He says, I am bringing. So for me, that kind of implies that what God's actually saying there is, I am leading. I am leading you to a time. And if you turn to Ecclesiastes, see, this is what it says. This is the well known um, passage of Scripture saying, everything has its time. Everything has its time. It says, to everything there is a season. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. Everything there has a season, a time for every purpose. Under heaven, there's a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. I don't know what may have been sown into your life. I don't know what label you may have had spoken over you. I don't know what you need to maybe pluck up. But there's a time when some things need to actually be plucked. Do you know that? We can live in a certain way where someone's spoken something over us negatively, and you can harbor that. And God's actually saying there's a time to pluck that up. And I'm believing in this season that there are some things that we need to pluck up, we need to pluck it out. It says that in, in Matthew, it says that and Jesus didn't give a parable that it says that as the, the, someone slept, it says that the enemy came and sold wares, it sold weeds. In amongst the wheat. But I don't know if you've got some weeds in your life this morning, but God is saying that there's a time to pluck them out. Pluck it out. There's a time to kill. Kill those thoughts, those negative thoughts. A time to heal. There's a time to break down. Deconstruct. Start to pull apart, maybe there's some things in your life to say, hey, what's going on here? There's a time to build, (laughs) Wens. the next one, a time to build, a time to build up. But what foundation are you building on? Because we're always building something. But you've got to be building on the right foundation. Because if you're building on sand, I want to tell you, it's going to fall. It's going to be unstable. You've got to build upon the rock. rock. Make sure you're building on the right foundation. We are building in this place. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance See, we can see those there. We can say a time to weep, a time to mourn. See, it's good to do that. There's a time to do that. But don't get stuck in there. Don't get stuck in those places. See, very often we can say, okay, I understand that. But we get stuck in those emotions sometimes. But don't get stuck in them. There's a time to cast away stones. There's a time to gather, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to gain and a time to lose. What did Paul say? He said, I count it all loss. I count everything loss to the knowledge of Christ that I might gain Christ. He compared his present situation against the glory of God. He says that I might gain I might gain Christ. There's a time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. It's a word to all you hoarders out there. There's a time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence. I won't say that. (laughs) And a time to speak. There's a time to love. And a time to hate. You yeah. say a time to hate? Yeah. There's a time when we need to say, I hate injustice. That's right. I hate poverty. I hate marginal, marginalization. I hate seeing people suffer. I hate that. That's all, right? That's a good biblical we see. God says that. He hates injustice. Yeah, yeah Father said it. There's a time of war and a time. Of peace. I'm bringing my people to a time, an appointed time. See the title of my message. I don't know if Dave's got anything. Oh, yeah, as he's got, I didn't say to put anything together. I just said, oh, something bold, something colourful. So, my message today there's a time and a place. That's the message of my, the title of my message. There's a time and a place. I'm leading, I'm leading my people into a time. Now when you can see that, very often, Joe, and this is something that maybe men can relate to, is that women would say, or your wife would say, there's a time and a place for that. <laughs> Anybody ever said that? I'm sure Wendy said that to you, didn't she? Joe's often said that to me, there's a time and there's a place. And the other week, we had an open day, didn't we, down at Bridge? And as I was walking around, she suddenly looked at me, and I'm there in my shorts, in my socks, and in my sliders. <laughs> and everybody else down there were kind of, you know, suited and booted, uh, walking around in kind of proper. And Joe looked at me and she's like, What on earth are you wearing? And she looked at me and she said, There's a time and there's a place for that. As I'm sliding around, kind of just low thinking, Oh, yeah, this is nice. In my socks, sli- socks and sliders. There's a time and there's a place. Joe said that many a time. There's a time and there's a place. I'm bringing, I'm leading my people. See, in my observation of our culture today, our society, our culture, is that we want God to save us. We want God to save us. But we don't necessarily want him to lead us. And there's a big difference. And it's sobering. In my life. Yeah. It's to say, yeah, God, I want your salvation. I see it in a lo- lots of people hearing it more and more. Is people want God to save them. But they don't want him to lead them. It's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. And when you look at the... You say, well, how can you... How can you relate that? Well, you look at the children of Israel. The children of Israel wanted God to save them out of bondage, out of captivity. They wanted him to save them. But what did they do when he took them across the Red Sea and he saved them? What did they do? They were disobedient. They didn't want God to lead them after he had saved them. It's a good lesson to learn, isn't it? In Numbers 11, it says that they looked back and they were saying, they were complaining about the manna that God gave them, a the provision. And they were saying, oh, the cucumbers, all the leeks, all the garlic, all the stuff that they looked back in Egypt, they were saying, oh. In Numbers 14, they said, if only we had died in Egypt. Wow. Only a few chapters later, they're going, if only we had died back where we were in slavery, having comfort. See, they wanted God to save them. But they didn't want God to lead them into the promised land. They didn't want his leading. And they actually said, Lord, why have you led us this way for us to die? How many times have we thought that sometimes in our lives? That God's led us into a place, not necessarily to die physically, but sometimes you feel like you're dying spiritually. And you say, God, why have you led me this way? Surely I know what's best. It's interesting, isn't it? And they said our whole being is dried up. What a statement to make. Our whole being is dried up. See, Trevor last week, didn't Trevor do brilliant last Sunday? He was brilliant last Sunday. He said there will be rivers. There will be rivers. But what do you do when the river dries up? What do you do when there's a time when the river looks like it's dried up? How do we live life then when life dries up? See, in Samuel it says that the people, they wanted an earthly king. They didn't want God to be their king. Yeah? They didn't want God, they wanted an earthly king. When God, everything he had done for them, he wanted to be their king. But they rebelled and said, I don't want you to lead my life, God. We want an earthly king. What a difference from, from having an earthly king to saying we want the king. How sad. But when the brook dried up, think of Elijah. See, Elijah allowed God to lead them. him. That was the difference. Elijah allowed God to lead him to the brook. And if you allow God to lead you, follow because he'll take you to the right place. It may not necessarily look the right place, but Elijah went to the brook. And at the beginning, as we know the story, at the beginning, the brook was okay. He was being fed, he was being watered. And he's thinking, hey, yeah, God, I heard you right, God. I, this is the right place for me. And suddenly, over time, it says that as the famine hit and the, the, the rain, the drought came, the levels of the brook started to decrease. Day by day, started the water lines started to get lower and lower a bit each day. But he stayed where God had led him. He stayed into that place. See, there's a time and there's a place. He stayed in that place, knowing, a dry place in the end, but he knew that God had led him there to lead him to go to Zarephath to to bring a miracle to a widow. But very often I'm noticing in my own life and through Scripture, see, obedience doesn't necessarily lead to blessing. (laughs) You're giggling. In leadership, obedience doesn't always lead to blessing. See, Elijah was obedient to what God said, but all of a sudden, he's in a, in a drought. The brook was drying up. What did God do? He sent ravens to feed him. Now, again, we wouldn't necessarily choose that, but God provided for him. It was meat still. It's not the best, but God brought him through. God brought him through, brother. Done him good, done him good. What about Paul and Silas? Well, they were obedient to where God was taking them. But they ended up being beaten, yeah. thrown into prison. Yeah. Sat there in a dark dungeon sure. thinking, well, God, I did what you said. Yeah. How have I ended up in this place? Yeah. There's a time and a place. Yeah. But the jailer got saved. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. And God did a miraculous miracle in that place. Yeah. There's a time and there's a place. See, how do you get led? How are you led by God? You just gotta be obedient. Yeah, you to say. Obedient and then trust. Yeah. Trust, lean not under our own understanding. Mm-hmm. Lean not unto our understanding, but to him. And then you've got to step out in faith. It takes sometimes stepping out in faith when you don't necessarily know where you're going. See, so you can be refreshed. It says, I'm leading my people. I'm bringing them to a time of restoration and refreshing. So you can be refreshed even in a place of dryness. You can be fed in a famine, Elaine. You can be fed in a famine when you trust him and you allow him to lead you to the right place. See, the, the, the word here goes on. And we know it now. It says, where there was dryness, there's going to be rivers. A place of dryness, there'll be a place of rivers. Where there is thirst, there'll be satisfaction. And it says, as my kingdom takes first place, there's a time and a place. As my kingdom in your life takes first place, it says, favor will follow. That's a kingdom principle. Your favour will follow when you put his kingdom first. Favour will follow you. That's what I'm declaring. I want to see that, Lord, in this next season, that favour will follow in this place. Favour will follow for you as a family as you step out for the kingdom. When you put the kingdom first, all these things God says I will add to you. He knows the desires of your heart. He knows what you need, but when you put the kingdom first, a biblical principle is that favour will follow, because he doesn't let the righteous be unsaken, forsaken. And when we put the kingdom first place, what does it say here? It says harvest and healing. A harvest and healing will be what? It will be common place. <laughs> when you put the kingdom first place, harvest and healing will become common place. There's a time and a place. See, God hasn't led you, you led you this far to let you down. He's not led you this far to let you down. He's not led you this far to let you down. He's not led you this far, Iris, to let you down. He's not led you this far, John, to let you down. There's a time and a place. Nudge your neighbour, wake him up. Say, "There's a time." You're struggling for a neighbour there, aren't you? <laughs> there's a time and there's a place. He's waiting. <laughs> there's a time and there's a place. Please quickly turn to Song 27 psalm 27 we've had a lot to get through this morning but i want to leave you with this psalm 27 look at what it says there's a time and there's a place psalm 27 5 says this psalm 27 5 says in the in the what in the time in the time of trouble what do you mean, trouble? I'm a Christian. Everything's supposed to be all right, isn't it? I wasn't promised trouble. I shouldn't be having a time of trouble. But this is, I think David's speaking where he says, in a time of trouble. There's a time and a place. In time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place. <laughs> there's a time and a place I In his secret place of his tabernacle, his dwelling place, he shall hide me and he shall set me high upon a rock. Isn't that lovely? In time of trouble. See, because as we read in Ecclesiastes, there's a time and a season for everything. But in time of trouble, we need to know God, where are you? Were you there? How how am I in trouble? But Jesus said, you're gonna have trouble, you're gonna have hardships, you're gonna have strife, you're gonna have difficulties, that's life. But always through that season, you have gotta be looking to say, okay, what can I gain out of this? Like Paul said, I consider it all loss. Whether I've got much or I've got little, I consider it loss compared to the glory that I may gain. The purpose of any trial is so that you may gain. But even in trouble, David says, he shall hide me in the secret place. And he sets me high upon a rock. See, we said we're we're building, but you've got to build upon the rock. You've got to build upon the strong foundation. Paul says this in Corinthians 2, he says, my light affliction... Which is but for a moment. <laughs> but for a moment, compared to eternity, it's just a moment is working for us and exceed an internal weight of glory. I like that. What about Esther? Esther, Mordecai, her uncle. Esther was called to be a savior to the Jews. And God said that he placed high favour upon, she was more favourable upon all the other women. And God placed her in a specific place. And it was about them saving the Jews. And it says, if you don't do it, Esther, then God will raise up someone else from another place to carry out his will. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time. There's that word again, time, for such a time as this. I want to tell you, you are saved today for such a time as this. You're not here by coincidence. You're not here by coincidence. dudes. mum, you're here for such a time as this. And I know you struggle to understand, my, most people struggle to understand my English, but we love having you. I will encourage you to say hello to Jude's mum before you go today. She's with us for a few months. It's lovely to have you. Lovely. For such a time as this, I am leading, bringing my people to a time for a purpose. Whether that time be trouble or celebration weeping, or laughing, or dancing. You've got to allow him to lead you. Allow him to lead you through it, but allow him to lead you to it. You've got to allow him to lead you to it. And I love what Ecclesiastes 3 goes on to say in verse 11, it says that he has made everything beautiful. In its time, (laughs) there's a time and a place. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Let's stand to our feet, please. See, because we're living in uncertain times, aren't we? Financially, politically, mentally, we're living in unstable times. But when you trust the one who is leading you, I want to tell you, you can trust with confidence. You can trust in confidence. In Psalm 23, it says that he leads me. He brings me beside still waters, waters of rest. So if you're in a time of trouble today, I want to encourage you to say he brings you. He makes you lie down sometimes when we don't want to lay down. He will make you, but he leads you besides waters of rest. That encourages me. That encourages me to know that if it's tough, he can bring me beside still waters. I don't know whether you need to hear that today. For those of you online, I don't know what your relationship is like with Jesus today. But it may be that you need to rediscover your relationship with Jesus. I want to give you opportunity to do that right now. It's to say, Jesus, I need you again. I need to make that right, that relationship with you. If you've never accepted Jesus today, then now is the time. Now is the time, now is the place... To say, Jesus, I need to accept you as Lord and Saviour in my life. I've messed up. I'm in sin. I need to know the forgiveness of a Saviour. If that's you, now is the time. To make that response. We thank you, Jesus, today. We thank you, Jesus. We remember your goodness. But Lord, we thank you for... Who you are, that you say, Lord, in your word, that Paul said you always lead us in triumph, in Christ. That the manifest, the fullness of the fragrance of his knowledge. That in every place you are good, good or bad. That you are perfecting us, you are taking us from one form of glory to another. And we're thankful today that this is the time and this is the place that you want to do us good. If that's you this morning, if you need to respond with eyes closed before we have a cup of tea, then I'd encourage you to just respond to Jesus this morning. If you need to know that, if you need to know that, that confidence, that, that trust of saying, God, you can bring me, you can hide me in a safe place. If you need to know that today, then I would encourage you to say, God, that's me. I need to, to know a, a revelation that you've, you've brought me to this, this place where you can hide me. That I'm secure in this place. Because he's for you and not against you. And today, if it's something in this last season where you've been struggling to let God lead you, then, then I would encourage you just to simply get into a safe place between you and God and say, God, help me. Allow him to lead you. To get back into to the word of God where life comes. Let him lead you in this next season to the place where he wants in that he knows what's best for you. I'd encourage you to not just be saved, but to be led by him. That, Lord, in this next season, Lord, we want to hear what you are saying. We want to hear what your spirit is saying. That, Lord, we want to see your kingdom advanced in this city, in this community. But Lord, we pray and declare we're thankful for the children singing. Lord, I pray that, that their declaration of praise today goes out far greater, that sends ripples out across this city today. That, Lord, out of the mouth of children, you have perfected praise. And, Lord, we, we, we thank you for, for the work that they're doing with the young people, Lord. That Lord, we pray in this generation that there be another stirring. Another stirring of your goodness. Another stirring of your hope for a generation that, 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 that seems lost, that seems without purpose. Lord, let them know that you have a hope and a purpose and a future for them. That the task can seem too overwhelming at times. But in those times, we can still pray. We can still pray powerful prayers. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be led by you. Help us to be fed by you in this next season, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord.